Hello everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the Fancast Pre-Match. I'm your host, Little Dan. After two weeks of international boredom, we're finally back with club football. This week we're going to be looking into Wolves' upcoming match with West Ham on Monday night. This week I've got former Wolves and Ireland striker. A little research I did found that this guy is the all-time league goal scorer for Wolves from the Republic of Ireland. What do you yeah, think about that, Kevin Boyle? Well, Robbie Keane, <laughs> Robbie yeah, well, Keane, um, um, David uh, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, true. Some Stephen Elliott, Andy Kyo, um been some Stephen good Irish Ward. strikers. My Stephen Ward was left back centre forward, started centre forward, ended up left back, and then uh, went yeah. back centre forward for a few games. Um, yeah, it was not bad, not a bad stat. I'm happy with that nice one. Nice little accolade for yeah. for how big Wolves are and how big a country Republic of Ireland are. Um, how are you finding post retirement? I know you had a brief spell at Colorado after you left Wolves. Yeah. Uh, how are you finding it? Um, I'm enjoying it. You know what? I keep it's, I'm retired probably two years, maybe more actually. I'm not sure. Um, about a bit more, and I keep um, I keep getting asked that, and I'm still I'm still happily I suppose not happily, but enjoying doing everything else and and enjoying life after football. Love football and life after football. I'm still waiting to wake up someday and you know be really depressed because i keep reading that's what's going to happen to me all ex-professionals end up very depressed and really missing everything that goes with it i do it's impossible but um you know it's it's my i, I enjoyed my career i felt like as much as i could and, and yeah i'm happy to move on and do other things i, I suppose um the the regimented side of being away from your your family and the non-match day yeah. things are probably um easily avoidable after retirement yeah, yeah exactly listen being a professional footballer is a dream it's fantastic like i'm just saying it is like what a sort of privilege i suppose we have but also that side of it is the shit that like like every job has pros and cons that's like in a footballer away from your family hotel 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 you're with a bunch of i suppose 25 fellas in the main um between players and staff every day for you know, then once a year, pretty much, and um, it can become, yeah, you know, it's that side of it I don't miss. So just put it that way. So, what was sort of your, your, your brief memories, happiest memories of being at Wolves? Obviously, there's um, a few games that sort of stand out. Your your goal yeah. against Man United yeah. in the two one. We're playing West Ham on Monday. The goal you scored at Upton Park in the three one win. What's your sort of memories yeah. from Wolves? Yeah, that game actually was a big game. So I suppose it's one of one of my highest games of time. It was sort of we were both, you know, on the bottom half of the table, probably a relegation battle game. It had been delayed, I think, a few times because of snow that wind or something like that. So it turned out to be a really big game. And um, yeah, great man. That was one of one of my best performances, I would imagine, in a Wolves shirt. Um got a good goal. It was a good all round performance at the time. And that kept us, you know, pushed us out of that bottom three. We went on and had a good end of the season. So good memories of that. You know what? Good and bad at Wolves, but you know I I still look back and, and look back with a smile and enjoy it. It was um it went very quickly. I think I was there six years. I had a couple of loans, but I think it was six years, and it did not feel like that, which is which is a good thing, I suppose. You know um yeah that was it. that was it. We um I suppose my first year there was was my best memories um because i was fit for the whole thing and played all the games and, and played very well and uh, the team played very well finished sort of mid-table um yeah so it was uh 
it's a really big club like and i didn't realize that till i suppose i joined there's a lot of pressure playing for us that um you don't know till you play for us i suppose and it was um it was you felt you felt that playing for Wolves. I think um, a lot of support, a big club, a lot of history, um, and uh, yeah, it was different. To, definitely a lot different to playing for Reading. Do you, do you thrive on the Wolves sort of expectation, or is it unrealistic expectation? Um, I don't know if there was unrealistic expectation then. I don't know what the expectation is now. You know. Um, Total different scenario now with the chances that are there and, and the owners. But back then, I think the expectation, especially the first year or two, was to stay up. And um, and we felt pressure for that. Um, I think we we sort of did a good job. I suppose the expectation changed from just staying up to to playing a better style of football. And um, we, we felt under pressure, I think, to do that, which would maybe um, our downfall. You know, tried to make changes maybe in personnel and style of play to facilitate that that um, was maybe too soon into into getting into the premier league in our second and third season and barely set up in the second season third season then we ended up going down obviously and um yeah i think pressure maybe to play a bit of better brand or so-called better brand of football um led maybe to our demise at the time going back to the um 2-1 victory arm to manchester united uh elikarby scores and you and Elikarby fighting yeah, over the yeah. second goal. Elikarby sort of accepts that it's your goal in the post-match interview. But when that goal bonus comes in the wages, does he dispute <laughs> it then? I, I, uh, I don't know what his goal bonus was. Um, it must be pretty good for him to be up there from left back and getting the ball in. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, tr- I'm thinking back on that now. And I, that gets brought up every now and again. So, I'm better memories of it i suppose and i suppose you know he was really you know so insistent with his goal and i was so insistent with my goal i can understand why he'd be frustrated because i was equally as frustrated um but we just we didn't follow it around over we had a good laugh about it and uh well uh yeah i remember at the time i was celebrating and i looked over and i see george celebrating over in a bit like 10 yards away and i was really confused at the time what was going on so half lads were with me i think and half were with him so, um I think there's a funny interview of us afterwards, and I have a big fat lip, and we're talking about it at the time. But um, yeah, so we'll have to, uh, we'll have to. I think my name is down for it, so we'll have to. And I definitely wouldn't be changed, <laughs> changing it or just being nice about it. Then you can have it, George. Man United winner. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, always cherish that one. So previously, before you came to Wolves, you were in that sort of really su- successful Reading side that got promoted. Yeah. Um, were you in more of a front two back then? I think we liked, we did maybe like Dave Kitson. Yeah. yeah. What was your sort of preference playing? Um, did you did you like playing the lone role that you predominantly played for Wolves, or did you enjoy working with uh, another sort of target man type guy? You know what? I, I'm not just being diplomatic. I enjoyed both actually. I I wouldn't have been able to do the lone role at Reading my first year. There. I wouldn't have been. Able, I, I didn't have the technical ability to do it, the strength or the, the hold-up play. Um, so two definitely suited me. And football at that time, 4-4-2 was still the formation to play. Uh, two centre-forwards, out-and-out centre-forwards as well. Me, Dave Kitson, or me, Lee Ralita, or whatever it was at the time. Um, so I really enjoyed that and knew no different. Um, when I went to Wolves then, football's changed anyway. You know, it's there's I don't know if there's any one plays two strikers anymore. Anyway. And at the time, 
it was a little bit still, you know, especially at Wolves and had a good history of centre forwards, you know, two centre forwards, two out and outs. So it was a bit, I think, um, you know, we want to get two strikers on the pitch, but I didn't mind. I knew the sort of, I knew the reasons for it. I enjoyed the sort of, uh, the challenge, I suppose, you know, yeah, it was a real challenge. Um, it's a t- it was a tough role at the time, but I really enjoyed it. I, re- I enjoyed, you know, it was, it was harder to score goals in that way, but I was involved more in all around play than I would have been at Reading. You know, I was you know, trying to hold it up, trying to bring people into place and stuff in channels, you know, everything that goes with that role that it, at Reading, I would have been, you know what, more just, you know, getting the goals and try score goals. And, um, Leave the wingers and everyone else to, to that side of it. So, no, I enjoyed the challenge, and it was the future of football. It is this is what it is now. So, um, it was it was going that way, and we needed to play like that to stay up. So, I didn't, I never had an issue with it. Um, I don't know. I think the owner at the time, uh, Steve Morgan, probably put a lot of pressure under Mick um, to change and play two up front, um, and he did sort of. You know, we tried to adapt and go to that, and while it was. Maybe, I don't know. Well, it probably wasn't because we got right. It wasn't a better game to watch. We, were right. we probably tried it too soon. We probably still needed to stick with that 4-5-1, whoever it might be, the one, whether it was me or Stephen Fletcher or whoever's going to be, or Sylvan. Um, you know, we had some good strikers and the pressure was probably on to play too. Uh, but it probably would have suited us and we would have had a um, you know, better chance of staying up at the time and, and surviving if we'd have stuck with the one. I'm not sure how much you've you've seen of Wolves this season. Obviously, massive loss um, losing Jimenez yeah. for majority of this season. The two strikers who've uh, took on that mantle since his injury, William Jose and Fabio Silva, both been asked to play that lone role and yeah. Um, yeah. struggled quite a lot trying to do the role that Jimenez did previously. I think it just shows how special of a striker he's been for Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. How, how can it be as a lone striker when you're not getting the service and you're asking to just run channels endlessly for no cause? Yeah, you have to want to do it. I've done a couple of the Wolves games, um, one before Christmas, one after Christmas for Irish TV. And um, so I've seen it closely. And, you know, Fabio is a good potential, very good player. He costs a lot of money, but he's 19, I think. He is. And he's not a lone striker. He's, you know, he's not physically built for that yet maybe he will be in a few years um but Jimenez was excellent at it and it, it's a t- you have to want to do it you have to enjoy all aspects of it. you have to be sort of you have to be a sort of a seven out of ten or an eight out of ten at everything you know you have to be able to hold it up you have to be able to be quick enough to run channels you have to be able to score a couple of goals um you have to have a bit of ability to bring other people to play so you need to be a real all-rounder to do it and um, he was excellent at watching him play um, his work rate as well, you know, from the front, chasing back. Him and is a really, really good striker. Reminded me of me, but he's just a better version of, you know, better player. But that sort of role for Wolves, he, uh, he, he maybe it was last season that he was getting a bit of stick maybe for not scoring enough goals, but he's done so much and he brought more goals to it um, as well. He's he upped his goal tally a bit and um, difficult to replace. Like, how, you know, Wolves weren't, planning for him now. I suppose maybe they should have had a better backup there. Someone of his ilk, you know, Fabio is a good backup to have, but not to, to come on maybe when you need two strikers up front or whatever, but not to not to do his role. So um, they're probably, you know, was a, maybe 
you know, they gambled on him fit all season. And the, you see the difference in Wolves since he left. You know, you can't play him on one player, but he's such a key element to how they played. Um, missing him has really affected them. Um, I don't know where, I think I saw pictures of me training a little. I don't know when he's going to be actually, you know, even when he does come back, it might take him a little bit to just mentally, you know, be right at it again. Um, no, big loss for Wolves. I really like him and he's, he's a really good player. Everyone knows that anyway, but I just like the way there's no, you know, he's a, he's an expensive player and, and, you know, he could be just, this guy stands up there and shrugs his shoulders and not be, you know, just give me the ball and, and I'm not running for this, that. Yeah, he does, you know, he, he runs around like it means a lot to him and, um, you know, he puts everything into that role and uh, a big, big negative for Wolves losing him. I think everyone, everyone realizes that as well. Um, and you can't replace that. Um, and to, to replace it, it's going to cost an awful, awful lot of money. And then he's going to be back fit. And the person you're listening with, what do you do with them or what do you do with him? So it's it's a tough one for Wolves, I feel for them and, and that one. Um, you just hope he comes back and, and can get back to the same level. I don't begrudge you for comparing yourself to, to him and Ez for sort of the, the endless running, the ability to just hold off two centre-backs and make your own chance there, nothing. Who has sort of excited you from um, a, a winger point of view at Wolves recently? Obviously, you've, you've played with some good wingers over, over the yeah. over your career. From you know, you got the likes of sort of Jarvis and Michael Kiteley at Wolves. I think you had sort of more technical wingers like Glenn Murray at Reading. Um, yeah, who was... else took your took your eye? Who's impressed you at Wolves in recent years? Um, like. Suppose now I don't see enough of them to say who's great and who's not great. Like Michael Kite used to be technically very good. It was just really injury prone, unfortunately. Matt Jarvis was really exciting at Wolves. Um, Glenn Mur or Glenn Little, who you're talking about at Reading. Yeah, uh, yeah, Glenn Little. Um, and something a lot of people maybe listening to this won't know him, but you shouldn't Google him. Um, watch videos of him because he was the slowest winger probably in the history of football. He was about six foot four, gangly, no strength, but he used to rip people up, chop people inside out, and he had no interest in scoring goals. That's what I love about wingers. Wingers nowadays all want to be Ronaldo, you know, they want to be the top scorer, they want to cut in and shoot all the time. Um, whereas you know, earlier in my career wingers were all all the interest in was assists and crossing the ball and um i missed that um i missed that later in my career you're playing 4 3, three and the two of the wider uh guys just want to cut inside and have a shot and and their second thought is is, is trying to set up the poor number eight who ran around like a lunatic and i'm just hoping to get one goal to keep keep himself going and um that's that's not on their mind but that's that's modern football everyone contributes maybe more it's not just two center forwards get 20 goals a season each and everyone else works around them so obviously you haven't you said you haven't seen much of Wolves. you must have seen enough of adama triore the last sort of couple yeah. of seasons what, what do you i'd love I, I just love to have that pace you know i watch him and i said i did games christmas there i watch him and I just, I think sometimes you don't need to do, you don't need to be as tricky at times. There's like, you have so much pace that at times I prefer him to be even more direct. I know he's direct, um, but he comes inside and he try and he's, he's a very good, he's an exciting, I'd hate to mark him, which is, you know, anyone coming up against him, we go, oh, like if he, if he runs me, I can't catch him. So, um, I'd like him to show more confidence. I know he does it at times, but he can do it more, show more confidence in his own pace. You know stretch teams more even if you lose it a couple of times 
keep doing it and it, and they'll stand off you more and give you more space to turn and do other things so um he has serious ability and potential um and yeah i'd hate to mark him you know he'd be the one player on that team well not one player that's a bit harsh but if you had to pick someone that i didn't want to mark if i was a defender and against wolves he'd be the one i'd be like listen lads can you someone else do that today and i'll i'll have a fight against him minutes for 90 minutes or something like that what about sort of pedro neto have you seen much of him yeah yeah listen he's he's excellent he's he's a different type of player he's you know he's really skillful um totally different to um they're a good balance like that with wolves in fairness you know they've got all types of players um i suppose they'd want it they spent a lot of money um neto yeah you know they're 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 all you can go through the whole squad now and there's not really too many weak links the weak link is is replacing him and um there's a strong squad i was i was sort of a little sad that matt daughter left in the summer because he was the last sort of uh link to my time there and the last irish player i think there's no irish player in around the first squad now, from my knowledge um even young lads i don't think there is so um i was disappointed to see matt go um because he was there all the way you know from my time there down to league one and back up again um so i don't i don't have any mission left there i think you'll be glad that he's gone because he wasn't far off you with that league goal scoring stat i mentioned it, earlier. Yeah. I think he was about 10 or 12 behind you in the league so walls uh have got west ham on on monday night west ham have had a decent season yeah. really come on strong i think they've they've changed to a similar formation to what walls play i think sort of uh five at the back with wing backs uh they've got Mik- Mikhail antonio up front who's a who's a, who's a handful at, at any level he's played at um what's your sort of feelings for the game from a Wolves point of view on monday it's, is it is a game they should be looking to win or is it no um well listen a west ham in too good a form for us to i think yeah expect a win. That, that's it. i think i think you know i think you'd be happy to get anything from the game i think you're looking for a win course yeah um and there's not much between this once when you go through the actual squads you, you listen wolves i think have a, have a stronger squad stronger first 11 um but just west ham are in good form aren't they david moyes in fairness too he's bounced back and really well um and yeah just in the form west ham are in you, you wouldn't if you're going to gamble or back, I wouldn't back. I'd go for a draw on the same easy one to say, I suppose. But it is just the form West Ham are in. It's hard to, hard to um, say Wolves are going to win it. And um, I think after an international break like this, it can ruin the rhythm a bit. That's it. that might be a good point, good thing for Wolves. We'll ruin West Ham's rhythm a bit. And I fancy a draw, a one-all draw. Score draw from Kevin Doyle there. Um, it's not nine games left of the season. Um, where do Wolves need to recruit in the summer, Kevin? Do, do, yeah. do they need to be looking at a formation change going forward or do, do they need to stick with what's been successful the last couple of years? You mentioned earlier about Steve Morgan pushing for a more of a entertaining sort of style of play. Is that what Wolves need to be doing? Um, I don't know. Like When they have their, their proper you know, first choice, they're 11, they're pretty entertaining. You know, as a, as as you can be while not being a top four or five team um you know you have to be careful sometimes changing things which i think they've been so successful you know last year you know they weren't a million miles off the top clubs um 
investment wise it's a difficult one you know the uh, they just need backup in play they're strong when they have their strongest 11 and after that it peters off a bit quickly i suppose that's the difference between them and, and teams above them um the, i think you have to see how jimenez is when he comes back and hope he gets up to speed if not you're you're even then i think you need to sign a center forward of his sort of ilk i think he's going to be the first choice center forward but can you sign someone it's difficult you know as i said you spend a lot of money on someone they want to play so you sign someone you know to sit on the bench um that's that's the recruitment's problem and the manager's problem but um it'll have enough games you'd hope they'll rotate them around but just so if a key player like him goes out it makes such a difference to wolves they need someone who's able to step into his shoes you know mightn't be as good as him but of the same of course i don't think that's it as i said um that they have other strikers but they're not able to do what he does so um i thought they would have brought someone in in january you know just a loan move to the end of the season a big sort of targeting man type center forward to take the pressure off a bit but they didn't um that was a mistake um and then it depends on the money and the budget i suppose whether you say are we going for it and looking to be a club that finishes in the top four or are we happy to do if we're happy to stay the way we are well then i'd stick with the formation and, and try and sign a couple of players but who knows i, I don't know if you know more of the owners speaking about what their ambitions are spending budgets are they'd have to spend a lot of money if they want to improve on where they are now i think it's it, it's shown how 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 he's underperformed that we actually got a, a striker in on loan in january Right. Um, saying proper target man. I mentioned about you running tirelessly. He he just doesn't seem to have the the mobility, which has okay. made him look a bit sort of frustrated. I think he's got to the point where I mentioned earlier that he's he's run the channels in certain amount of games and not had any service in there, which has become a bit of a chore for him to run. It looks like now. Yeah. So maybe yeah, we need to do, we need to do a bit of recruitment to get. A, a second string striker behind him and as with Fabio Silva filling the third place, getting the minutes where we're yeah. a bit comfortable in games, maybe. Just gonna finish off this little segment with just a quick fire little quiz with you, Kevin. Um quick quick answers. Favourite Wolves goal? Not necessarily like the screamer, but your favourite Wolves goal? Um my favourite Wolves goal. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um I think quickly. My first goal. I'd signed, I was a record sign at the time, and I was injured. I had, a, I had to have a hernia operation before I got to play my first game. So I missed the first game, a few games of the season, and then I played a couple of games. I wasn't quite fit. I scored, so it was a bit of pressure building, basically. And I scored at home against Fulham. I did really well that day and felt back to myself. So um, a big relief, I think, more than anything, to get my first Wolves goal. Um, there's a lot of pressure me. So, yeah, that's my favourite. That was the... Was it two one? I think we, I think we won. The yeah, top corner, sorry-ish, in the box. Uh, no, that was season or two later against Full. Uh, no, that was my first goal. Was a header. I think it was a header. I can't even remember. I'm telling you, it's my favourite goal. I remember the pressure, relief. I suppose getting your first goal. It was home to Full. We went one nil up. Um, I think we won two one or two nil. Can't remember. Roy Hodgson was the manager. I remember that. Because um, I nearly signed for Fulham ahead of Wolves at the time, it was just to choose between the two. So I felt more pressure in that game and a bit like that. Just need to go out and prove myself. I don't blame you, Wolverhampton or West London. I know where I'd rather live. <laughs> <laughs> um, worst teammate to room with on an away trip? Oh, I'm with Marcus Hanneman. Lovely fella, great friends with Marcus, but 
he he religiously woke himself up with a the loudest longest fart at about 6 a.m in the morning <laughs> it's just like it was like an alarm clock going off and it, you know i thought i got used to it after two years but um because i joined wool we joined wolves at the same time and we were together at reading they just said we put the two lads together you know we had room to get at reading but um i got on with marcus but that was yeah and he and he do tobacco all the time and there'd be bits of tobacco around the room and in glasses and things like that and it was just yeah it was um interesting i know he was into his heavy metal wasn't he as well so maybe that's where the the fighting came from Avery. yeah um he had his earphones on at least when he was listening to that just off wolf subject messi or cristiano ronaldo um i should know i should have the answer i like messi um messi yeah. ronaldo is fabulous and he's made the most of himself and um you know if you were to if I compared him. I love Messi because he's amazing. Because if he says he's physique, everything, he shouldn't be a footballer. He shouldn't be the ability he has, and he is. And he's the one. If you were playing a five-a-side outside, he'd be the best in your little five-a-side team. He'd be the you know best on an eleven-side pitch. Ronaldo is more to me. Were one of the best players has ever been, but more he's made the best of himself. You know, as in his body shape, his fitness, his everything, his physique. Um, and I just like the fact that Messi doesn't have all that and he's still able to be the best player. I'm Cristiano, so we'll quickly move yeah. on from there. <laughs> it's much I, much it's, I like him both, you know. Yeah, it, 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 it's a prophetic debate that's always going to rear yeah. its head until the bar time realise. The only thing, I know we're having a debate, the only thing with them, Ronaldo, you could probably play centre half and he'd do top three there because of his athleticness, whereas I don't think Messi would, but... Um, you don't need to you know if, you, if you're this is the one before if you're if you're back in the day it was the argument if you were say Wolves back in the day with us Ronaldo would have done more for us I think whereas Messi would have done more for the the team at the top of the table um anyway yeah it's never end an argument where'd you keep your chocolate the fridge or the cupboard oh cupboard yeah no it's always the cupboard I don't always get the, the fridge cupboard. thing yeah no. Oh well, and then I the, like the, the melting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a. Sometimes it gets a bit too squishy, though, doesn't it? And it gets stuck in your teeth a bit more when it's warm. Oh, that's the, that's, that's that's the positive, I think. Okay. Um, who's the most underrated player that you've played with at Wolves? Who should have done better Ooh. with the career, but was still a good footballer? Oh, um, better. I don't know. Um... <sighs> At Wolves, at Wolves, sorry, so many players, I think. Um, um, not on, I don't know if he was underrated or should have done better, but I thought he was a really excellent player and went quietly about his job, and we lost him. I, I couldn't believe him. we let him go. Uh, David Jones, um, himself and Carl Henry had a really good sort of partnership in midfield as well, and they were really good friends, and it was just a good dynamic, and he was really good on the ball, clever player, um, just a really good professional um and we let him go i think he was our contract and uh so he's never spoken about as in he was a loss to us and i don't know if maybe it was but i thought he was a, a loss to us at the time he was very good technically he could sort of turn on a 10 pence couldn't he i yeah. think maybe when they brought in then admilias that maybe he was a there was maybe a bit too similar and mick went yeah. in a different room i'm sure there yeah we brought in Nenad as well um 
and then Jamie O'Hara came in and I just thought they were good players but I just thought from a I thought Dave Jones was sort of the ego wasn't much difference between any of them but Dave was probably um he was probably more just a better dynamic probably with the players around him. I mean you know they played together in a new show really well and he was um probably more suited to the squad at the time right that's it, Kevin. I really appreciate your time this evening. Um, hopefully we'll get you on again in the future. Thanks for your time and all the best to yourself. Thanks. Thanks. Dan, or little Dan? Little Dan. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about Cristiano and um, Messi a minute ago. I'm, I'm five foot three, so I really should appreciate Messi. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's all about Cristiano's longevity to still be doing it at yeah. this age and still he, he just see he still seems to be the child in the playground that's all he wants to do is score goals no matter how it comes about it's it's all about getting that next goal yeah. so i think he's sort of six goals beyond the all-time international goal scorers now he's done it uh, yeah, in england yeah, portugal spain italy now and he's that's evolved his game as well he's evolved to be a nearly a center forward he was a tricky winger like you know not really goals he was up and in the wing he was that old school winger and he's evolved to you know, in fairness, yeah, he could make it, yeah, definitely. You know, if you ask me tomorrow, I might say Ronaldo, it just depends on who is there. But I, I like the way he turns up for Portugal all the time. He keeps, you know, he is he's just all about getting across and goals. And um, he looks, he's you know, he says he's the biological age of whatever I don't know, but he's just keeps himself every he seems to do every single thing to make sure his body and everything is in just the perfect condition to to be the best player in the world and that's very admirable so i'm using the youtube um channel now to to call out leo messi come and do it in england for a season and i might say you're better than cristiano and on that we'll say goodbye thanks again kevin cheers thanks for talking to you right so we're back Thanks to Kevin Dorff for appearing on today's show. Another amazing serve for some of the goals that he scored will will live in memory, especially that one against Man United. I've got Kim and Jordan with me to look into uh, the West Ham game in regards from a betting point of view and uh, opinions. Just briefly, what was your thoughts on the um, the three England games, the World Cup qualifiers, uh, Jordan? Yeah, I thought we played um, OK in parts, to be honest with you. It's three wins out of three, isn't it? Cody got the armband in the second half as well against San Marino, which is always good. Um, but, you know, it should be a group that will get out of no problems. And I thought that um, Poland being the, the biggest test in the group, I know John Stone's made a bit of a cock up, but uh, yeah, it was, all, it was all too comfortable for me. So yeah, nine points out of nine, move on back into the Premier League. What's both your feelings about a Wolves player maybe featuring in the World Cup next year? Has he got a has he got a good chance of making it? Do you think? Um, it, I I think obviously the, I think he's nailed on for the Euros at this stage. World Cup, you'd like to think of being in and around it, wouldn't you? But it all depends on the system we're going to play. And I do think that there's a few young English centre halves that might be getting called up soon. Like you're looking at Ben White and uh, Ezra Konza as well. So. At that current crop of centre halves, you'd probably say that Dyer and Cody are the most vulnerable. So hopefully it'll be at the World Cup, but uh, I reckon it'll be touch and go for that one. Do you think he's a starting member of the 11 at the Euros, Kim? Um, no, in all honesty. I think I think he'll make the Euro squad. Um, 
purely because he fits into the back five. Now, personally, I don't think England should be playing a back five, but I guess that's a story for another day. Um, but I think Southgate obviously likes his leadership qualities, his, um, the fact that he can easily slot in, into the back five. And, and, I, and I think he thinks he can slot into the back four as well. But that's, a, again, not sure about that. But for me, I think he's got to be in the squad. If you compare him to Eric Dia, he's not even getting a game for Tottenham at the moment. Um, and, you know, isn't great, in my opinion. The only thing that he has going for him is the fact that he's versatile. You know, he can play in centre midfielder and centre back. So, yeah, I think, as Jordan said, I think he'll make the Euro squad, but potentially not, not the World Cup team squad. Right, so let's quickly move on to our game Monday night. Um, as usual, what's your sort of feelings going into that? Do you think uh, West Ham, a team that we should be demanding a win against on Monday, or is, would a draw be a fair result? I think um, you've got to play the team on merit, haven't you? And West Ham of the last few seasons have been a team that we've um, beat comfortably um, a fair few times. Obviously, they, they did us 4-0 to start the season. I thought it was a bit of a shock result, to be honest. Um, but looking at how the season's gone, they're up there on merit, aren't they now, for me? I think, they've, you know, Moyes, he got a real unfair... I think he got a lot of unfair flack Man United, to be honest with you, because it was just an impossible job to go and follow Fergie. Um, but this West Ham team now reminds me of his Everton team back in sort of the mid 2000s um, to late 2000s. Um, very strong. I think Royce and Sushek as a midfield two are probably, well, they're probably up there in the top top three centre midfield partnerships for me in the whole league. Um, I think they're both really, real good players. Um, and look, they're a good team. It's going to be tricky on Monday night, but the Wolves of old and the Wolves, we know the levels we can get to. I think it'll be a really good game come Monday. Let me just touch on what something you said there. Do you not feel that West Ham are Wolves of the last two seasons? Where you've got a, a, a team that have so regimented in their roles, similar formation, an actual centre-forward who scores goals... And he's able to put himself about and hold the ball up to bring the rest of his team into play with Mikel Antonio. How much different are they in regards to? They're confident. They know what they're doing. They're picking up points. They're, they're very similar to Wolves, in my opinion. Um, what's your sort of um, score bet, betting tips, Jordan, for this game on Monday? Um, so I've gone for or predicted a two-all draw, um, which is sixteen to one with Boyle Sports. Um, I think it'll be quite a you know a tricky game for us. Um, and like I say, I think there'll be goals. Just they're I think they're a good team, and I think that we haven't really got a lot to play for now. So I can imagine us throwing a little bit less caution to the wind as we normally would. Um, I've also gone for Sushek as the first goal scorer, uh, and the result of two all for a hundred to one. So if you put a pound on, you get hundred and one pound back. It seems fair to me. What's your where's your money line that came on Monday night? So I've got two schools of thought here. I think my heart's saying we can nick it, Wolves can. My head is saying that West Ham have got a lot more to play for. Um, you know, generally they've been a lot more solid defensively and, you know, they can score goals. I think all over the pitch there's threats from them. You know, you've got Creswell at left back. Um, as Jordan said, in centre midfield, Rice and Suchek are a very good partnership who could potentially run the game. Um, and Antonio and Lingard, I think, 
they're such a threat and I think they could get in behind our defence if we're not careful. So I don't think we'll actually go. I think we'll do our usual sitting back style and try and hit them on the break personally, I think. In terms of bets, I think, again, head and heart. I've got two here. So we've got 1-0 West Ham. Um, Antonio, first goal for us, 28-1 with Ball Sports. And then a little bet builder. So we've got Wolves to win. Under 2.5 goals, um, Jao Martino to be booked and Neves to score at any time is 80 to 1. So, a good long shot there. Nice, nice little couple of nice takeaways on the back of one of them coming in. As usual, if you want to bet small, win big, my bet is Willy Bolly first goal scorer over two and a half goals and Connor Cody to be booked 650 to 1. That's your money. That's your old dear way when we can actually finally get away. Don't know what more you could want. One sounds pound. more more likely to happen than ours, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's a good one there. Yeah, so that's that's where my money's going. Always bet small, win big, treat yourself. Right then, guys, let's quickly touch on the fancy Premier League. Nine game weeks left. Kim's currently leading out of the fancast people in the in the Wolves fancast Premier League. Um, well, with, with, between the fancast people, I think you're about tenth in the league, Kim, something like that. Who, who are you looking at uh, going with this week, uh, Captain Wise? Who's your differential leading into this week? Okay, so in terms of differentials, I think it's obvious that um, Chelsea have got an easy fixture against West Brom. So for me, I would go with Alonso. Um, at left back for his attacking returns and defensive um, potential for clean sheet. Um, now, I know he's not always started, but considering he's had two weeks off, I can see him definitely starting this one. In terms of captains, I haven't quite decided who I've, I'm going for yet, but I think the obvious candidates are the Leeds attackers against Sheffield United um, and Obviously, Harry Kane against a really poor Newcastle team. Um, but yeah, haven't decided yet, but Kane and the Leeds players look like a, a good shot to me. Where's your, where's your captain's armband heading this week, Jordan? Um, so, as a recording on Friday, it's currently on Son, because I'm waiting to see if Jose is going to release his team news and let us know if he's playing or not. So, it is... Because I think a lot of people are bombed him out and I need to make some points up. I might just leave it on Son and gamble that he plays. Um, other than that, my vice captain's Rafinha. Well, I agree with Kim. I think that I think Sheffield United are well, they're, they're, they're done, aren't they? Especially after that Leicester game. Um, and Rafinha and Bamford both haven't had international football, they're both going to be fresh. Could be goals galore in there. So I might switch it to Rafinha, but I'm going to keep it on Son as a recording on Friday at the minute. Essentially, we're not going to reveal is the answer. No, no, uh, it's going to be on Son, I think. As long as Mourinho says he's in the squad, I'm going to keep it on Son. So, that, that's my pick anyway. Right, so, as always, none of us really want to be concrete with our captaincy because of the mind games. I think anyone would... I wouldn't begrudge anyone going Harry Kane captain away to Newcastle this week. I think Newcastle are in a bit of a mire at the moment. I think they're not going to dodge the relegation bullet this season. So... Harry Kane seems to be the safe bet for captain this week for me. But my captain, as it stands, is probably one of the most informed midfielders in the world at the moment. 
and from a Premier League, fancy Premier League point of view, it's Diogo Jota. He always causes Arsenal loads of problems when he plays them. He scored again in the week for Portugal. Midfielders where the big points are scored. He plays centre forward for Liverpool. You'd be stupid not to have Diogo Jota if you really want to catch up to that top places. Hold on, Honestly, hang on. Why on earth are you saying he's in form when he's only played like two games since he's he returned from injury? In the Champions League for the middle week as well, didn't they? Yeah, well, we're talking Premier League here, aren't we? So I said in the world at the moment, right now. So I'm going Diogo Jota. That's 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 my preference. Come the end of the season, yeah. game week 38, we'll see if that's come off, won't we? <laughs> we who's, who's the sort of t? Who's the sort of budget player you you'd be looking at putting in your team this week if you've got a free transfer knocking about? Um, for me. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, sorry, I'll tell oh. you who I would definitely be putting in if they weren't playing Man City, and that is Inacio from Leicester. He's only 5.8 million um, and he looks like he might retain his place even with Leicester's players coming back. Um, but obviously playing Man City, so for me, yeah, not not a consideration, but will be consideration for my wildcard team. Anyone for you, Jordan? I'm looking at sort of Adam Ola-Luckman with his next couple of games. He's got Villa away and then Wolves are at home, budget midfielder. Always got a, uh, an assist in him and the occasional goal. So if you if you got a free transfer and you need to bring someone in for a cheap price, Adamala Luckman for me. Yeah, I think um, Rudiger's the one that stands out for me. It's just consistent in it at the moment in that Chelsea back five. Um, I know the top and change, but he seems to be the one that Tuchel likes and rates the highest. Um, I think he's at four point seven million, which for a, a Chelsea defender is just nuts. Um, someone else I've been looking at. I've never had him all season, and he's been pushed back into midfield now. Is Stuart Dallas? who is a defender on the game, but moved into midfield. So he got potential of getting some attacking returns as well as some defensive returns when they're playing Sheffield United this weekend. Right, guys. Thanks for your time. Hopefully Wolves get the win against West Ham on Monday. Hope you've had a good Easter break. We're back with club football after two weeks of international boredom. See you on Monday for Wolves West Ham and we'll speak again next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.